Welcome to Big SEC Guys. I'm your host, Daniel Poppy Southers, and this is my co-host, Tucker, the damn good dog, Compton. We are the Big SEC Guys. They're the Big SEC Guys. Tuck, it's happening. The college football playoff selection committee, they released those initial rankings. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling? Yeah, we got our first look into kind of how they're looking at things. I, you know, I think it's a pretty inconsistent rating, but I guess as a whole, as an SEC fan, I can't really complain about it. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? My thoughts were, uh, if this was next year, we'd have six SEC teams in the top 12. Georgia, Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Missouri. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that that's unfortunately, that's not how they would do it because you'd, you'd have the five champions. Yeah, you'd have the, the five winners and then the power yeah. five. Yeah. I guess, well, we'd have Tulane in there. Um, group as of the five, power yeah. Five. Yeah, group of five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I just thought it, it – it, it felt like they were picking and choosing weirdly whether they wanted to bank things on resume or whether they wanted to <laughs> bank things on, on how teams looked. Sure. Um, I, I don't know if they just had a mixed bag in the room and they did a vote process or, or what. I, I didn't really listen to the explanation of what they had afterwards, but I, I mean, every time I've listened to them give us some sort of explanation that uh, it's never made much sense to me either way. Um, but also it kind of blew my mind. I feel like the first thing that stood out to me when I looked at them was all the eight, no teams are in a row in the top five. And then all the one loss teams are in a row to 13 and then all the two loss teams. And then years past, they haven't really looked at it that way. They've seemed to have rewarded some teams more for, for strength of schedule than it seems like they're doing right now. And as a Georgia fan, obviously strength of schedule is, is the worst part of our resume. Uh, so I, I probably shouldn't be complaining about something like this, but the fact that you have a six and two LSU team below a seven, one Missouri team really, cause it, it's you're punishing them for scheduling that Florida state game at the beginning of the year. Now I know Missouri also scheduled a Kansas state game, which was a good non-conference win, but it, it's still, I mean, it's not the level of Florida state and LSU beat Missouri head up. So if I'm an LSU fan, I'm not very happy with my ranking at 14. I, I think LSU should be, you know, around the top 10. Truthfully, I, I, I think it's one of those situations where they almost screwed themselves by doing that early non-conference game. Because I think if LSU played a cupcake instead of Florida State and beat the crap out of them early in the year, and their only loss right now is to a pretty good Ole Miss team by a touchdown and a shootout type of fashion, they'd be sitting there, you know, in, in the top eight, kind of right there where Alabama is. Um, so I don't know. In years past, like I said, I feel like they have rewarded scheduling those games. And this year, I don't, I don't feel like they are doing that. I agree, Tuck. Let's uh let's get on the list here with the top. Let's do the top 12. Let's do the top 13. Yeah. Undefeated or one-loss teams, top 13. Uh, let's play a new game I'm making up in the moment. I call it uh, 
legit or fraud? Let's start <laughs> right at the top. Ohio State, 8-0. I'm going to go first. Fraud. Oh, a double <laughs> fraud. I love double it. Double fraud. Wow. Ohio State fans in shambles. I agree. I don't think they should be ranked one. I was confused by that. Number two, Georgia. Legit. Well, first of all, I mean, before we get too far by, by the Ohio State game, too fast. I, I don't. I do think they should be ranked number one. I don't huh. think they're the number one best team in the country, though. No, I don't either. Uh, they do have the number one best resume right now from from the looks of thing. I mean, that Notre Dame win was huge. I do think I think Penn State's overrated, um, but that you lost that Notre Dame game though. That's true. They very well could have, should have, um, but they didn't. So. Yeah. You know, uh, so I, I don't know. We'll, we'll go through it quicker. I promise. We, I, I won't have to stop at everyone. <laughs> I like it. This is a, this can be a quick game. This can be a long game. We're literally making up as we go. That's the beauty <laughs> of this game. Number two, Georgia listeners. Ding, ding, ding. Legit. Yeah. I, I mean, I after that Florida game, me as a Georgia fan and every Georgia fan I've been talking to, Three peak conversations are back on the rise. We're feeling oh, really baby. good about ourselves, and and there there's doesn't seem to be anyone that's going to stop us. I bet you're glad that Lad McConkey is healthy. <laughs> I'm I'm hot tonight, Tuck. I'm on fire. You are on fire. Um, Locked in. Yeah, Lad. I mean, Lad picked up the pieces right where Brock left off, and Seriously. so I mean, every, everything's falling into place for us. I was worried about life after Brock, but Lad McConkey, everybody. Big fan. Um, yeah. Number three, Michigan. Legit. Yeah, I think they're legit this year as well. I agree. I like Harbaugh. You think he's going to go to the Raiders? I I don't know what's going on. I, yeah, there's so many. I, I mean, apparently they were in contract extension talks, and then they cut them off. They and took them away, yeah. We obviously got the sign situation going on, which, I mean – I don't look too much into that. I mean, I, I don't see why you extend a coach in the middle of a scandal sure. that you don't know how it's going to turn out. But I, I mean, there's no reason not to wait to see how it pans out before you start talking contracts. Oh, can we do a sign? Can I do a quick sign stealing update? Connor Stallions? Yeah. We talked about this last night. The more we learn about Connor Stallions, the literal middle military code breaker slash Michigan football analyst who was stealing the signals uh the more i'm fascinated with this guy i loved the 600 plus page manifesto i was straight up inspired by that i love a good manifesto um and then so now we've seen footage of him on the sidelines uh of different teams (laughs) so we saw him on the sideline when central michigan played michigan state not only that they have footage that shows him wearing glasses with a video camera on the glasses so he let's not forget there's sunglasses and it's a night game yeah oh yeah there's sunglasses it's a night game he's wearing them deep into the fourth quarter at about 10 30 p.m at (laughs) night uh so this thing's gotten really wild i i know we were joking a couple weeks ago about the signals in south carolina using them to beat tennessee and clemson um there, so there was, I saw this on Twitter, thanks to some of our, our listeners who are also Twitter guys, a.k.a. John Skeeta, since neither of us have Twitter. Um, so they they pulled some of the phone records from Connor Stallion, so you can see who his contact list is. Do you want to take a guess what defensive coordinator was in his contact list? 
Please tell me it's South Carolina. Clayton White, South Carolina's defense <laughs> coordinator. Isn't that too funny? I mean, that I, I think mean, that's such a ridiculous conspiracy theory, but the more I read about it, the more I'm like, this might be true. Well, it's crazy seeing the connections that he's had. I mean, to be oh able to get on these sidelines, you you got to know coaches, you got to know people. He obviously wasn't just some low-level scrub coach that nobody knew about. Like and All these guys knew him to uh, – had some sort of connection to him. Um, yeah. So so it is I, – I agree with you. It, it's The web is wow. thickening. And, yeah, seriously, um, the, yeah, the, 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 the more detective work we do, the more I'm like, this might actually be a thing. I'm also wondering who's leaking all this stuff. Cause I, I believe it's the big 10 doing this investigation and that there's nothing good to come out of this for the big 10. So oh, who, preach. whatever mole they have in there, that's t- telling everyone about how what's going on in the phone records and this, that, and the other is it, they got to figure that out too. It's probably like Kirk Herbstreit using his Ohio right. State connections to take down Michigan. But you're right. I mean, the the Big Ten commissioner will be in charge of handing out a punishment, and that is not an enviable situation to be in. I mean, no. Michigan might be your national championship favorite, and there's a lot of money that comes with that, so you don't want to punish them. I can see it now. Jim Harbaugh leaves, goes to the Raiders, and then they punish Michigan halfway through next season <laughs> when they're 4-2. and two. You know what? We got the evidence now. You are. I will say, if if Harbo jumps ship, then I think that's a tall tale sign that we're going to see something to come out of this. Oh my gosh, preach! All right, next one: Florida State, legit or fraud? I'm going to say fraud here. Like it? I'm going to say legit. Why fraud? I think they caught LSU at the perfect time beginning of the year before they've really have gotten things clicking. I think that game would be completely different now. Uh, I just think Florida state has some weaknesses that haven't been fully exploited and probably won't be fully exploited this year with the ACC kind of falling off track. Um, Now that being said, I, I do think they probably make it in the playoff because we've seen what's happened in North Carolina and Clemson, um, and Miami and everyone else that that was supposed to be the the next runner ups to Florida State. Um, so they, I mean, they're going to turn into having the easiest schedule of anyone by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, the schedule's not exactly tough. They've got two ranked teams on their schedule: LSU, who they beat, but that game was closer than the score indicated. That was just essentially one really good half by Florida State. Uh, but then they handled Duke, and I think Duke's pretty good. I like Elko, Duke's coach. I think they're a physical football team. So they handled their business at Duke. Uh, they've still got Miami and Florida left to play. So they those played Duke their games. first game without um, Riley Leonard, though, didn't they? Uh, I think Riley Leonard played, but he was pretty banged up. Yeah, he, he he left the game. That's what it was. Yeah. He he yeah. he tried to play and then he left it after he like tweaked his ankle. Yeah, he looked pretty terrible. He um he was clearly hurt and you know, his thing is like running around and improvising a la right. a Johnny Manziel. And <laughs> it's hard to do that when you're hurt. So he did not look good. So that's a good point. But um And I will also State- say I, I, I think I, I heard some stat today that of the top 14 teams, they all will play each other at some point in the next few weeks, except, except Florida for State. Florida State. <laughs> That's funny. So they, they got the coast 
they get to coast from here on out, you know, as much as yeah, they still got to play Florida. They still got some tough games, but nothing that's going to turn out to be really tough. There you go. Listeners for the, for the listeners out there, the old classic Georgia fan complaining about an easy schedule. Boo. <laughs> I'm Boo. not complaining. Look, they scheduled Boo. LSU to begin. I honestly, I, I think if I were to make these rankings personally, I would have Florida state ahead of Georgia and Michigan right now, maybe as well as Washington, um, just solely because of what they've done and who they've played. Um, like, and, and then I would have Georgia and Michigan kind of move their way up as they beat uh, or as they play tougher teams throughout the year. Um, yeah, and good take. so uh, that's how I would have done it if I were this playoff committee. Uh, but they obviously didn't do it, and they, they're putting a little eye test on these things. Yeah, that's true. All right, next one, Washington, legit or fraud? I'll go first on this one. Legit. I'm going opposite with you there. I think they're complete frauds now. Oh, my gosh. Michael Penix Jr. is going to win the Heisman. He's awesome. Lefty. I don't think they do. Washington, since the Oregon game, has been slipping off. Um, true. They, looked really they, bad they have not looked that good since. I think the Pac-12 ends up beating itself up, I, as they yeah. tend to do every single year. I think they're slowly kind of showing their colors. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, I think their best bet right now is for Oregon to win out, because uh, I, I do think Oregon is legit, just to give a little oh, uh, showing of, of the next the next one here. That's why you're the best in the business. Washington's got uh, three ranked teams in a row, two away. So let's see how they fare. Right. Uh, next, Oregon. Tuck says legit. I say, drum roll please, also legit. Love it. Yeah, I, like I Oregon. see Oregon winning out um, and, and playing in the playoff, truthfully. You think it's fun for Auburn fans to watch Bo Nix right now? I, kind of, I always laugh about that to myself. Like they had like an elite quarterback and he's gone and now they can't throw the ball forward. I mean, not only an elite quarterback, laugh. but a quarterback that started for them as a freshman, True freshman set every yeah. freshman record for them. And also was a legacy Auburn quarterback who loved Auburn and they ran Great him stuff. out of town. And now he's <laughs> top three Heisman voting yeah. at Oregon. Correct. So you're telling me you'd rather have Bo Nix than Peyton Thorne. Is that what I'm hearing, Tuck? Uh, you know. Is that my understanding? I will say you did not hear that here first. <laughs> <laughs> We're not the first people to think that. All right. Texas, legit fraud. I'll say Texas is legit. I yeah. think they've kind of been slipping, playing to their competition a little bit, but they – uh, they still have their full future in front of them. And and with Oklahoma slipping and falling this past week and showing their true colors a little bit, uh, I, I think they're front runners to win the Big 12, and all they got to do is win out, and, and they'll be right there in the playoff picture. Yeah, I agree. I like Quinn Ewers. I like Jonathan Brooks. I like Xavier Worthy. That's a really good quarterback, running back, wide receiver combo. That Texas defense has been – uh, good for the most part. They've been a little shaky at times, but they've been pretty good. Uh, and I like Sark. I like this Texas team. Yeah, and we'll know more this Look week in. with them. They're uh, who are they going up against? I know they got a real tough game. 
I got to pull it up. You know, SEC guys, we don't know. Oh, Kansas State. Yeah, that'll be yeah, good. And they're, they're favored by four over Kansas State right now. So it's, I mean, that's going to be a, that's going to be a good, tough game. Um, and, and I think that's going to show us who they really are. And listener, this is not your, this is not your father's or your grandfather's Kansas State. This is a hard nosed, smash mouth football team. Kansas State's pretty good. For the listeners who aren't familiar with non SEC teams, uh, let's just do the top 10. Next one, Alabama, legit or fraud? Uh, TBD. <laughs> I don't want to cop out. Um, I, here's the thing I've been as betting against them week after week, calling them frauds, and they keep inching it out. And yeah. so, I'm kind of sick of doing that. And I honestly, I think I'm going to pick them this week against LSU. Uh, not to foreshadow too much. So, but I still, I still think they're, they're, I think they're ranked around where they should be right there. Yeah. yeah I'm going to, I'm going to go legit. I'm going to give us, I'm going to give an answer. Um, but my legit is going to be legit parentheses, just defense, close parenthesis. So that's yeah. my. That's my take on Alabama. Uh, Oklahoma Tuck, legit or fraud? I'll go first on this one. I think we're going to be on the same page. That's going to be a fraud for me. This is a team. Might as well call them the Oklahoma Titanics because they are sinking. Yeah, sorry to jump in on you there, but um, complete fraud. And we saw it this past week. Yeah, good job against Kansas, Oklahoma. Not... (laughs) Um, and last but not least, Ole Miss, Mississippi. Fraud. Yeah, fraud for me too. And now time for a quick commercial break. This podcast is sponsored by Pintail Site Preparation. The team at Pintail is providing the best site preparation work in Savannah, Georgia, and throughout the low country. If you need the best site prep team in the business, give Pintail a call. Pintail Site Preparation's goal is to deliver the highest quality, most cost-effective projects on schedule by supporting motivated, flexible, and focused teams, while most importantly, emphasizing on safety. If it's site preparation you want to nail, go ahead and call Pintail. Pintail Site Preparation, the best in Georgia and the Lowcountry. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Hope our um, enjoyed that. All right, so who's your playoff team? Give me your four. Who are your four? Oh, my four playoff right now? Yeah, I love it. Um, here's the thing. I think the big winners from this this uh, ranking system was the Big Ten in general. I feel like they keep coasting by with the entire Big Ten to me is trash with Penn State being okay and Ohio State and Michigan being, you know, top-level teams. Good, yeah, yeah. And so – but for some reason – they Penn State keeps getting overhyped because they're just in that tier between. They beat all those crappy teams, but then they lose Ohio State, Michigan every year. And so they sit there in that 11 seed. And so Michigan and Ohio State, when they beat them, they get another top 10 win or whatever they want to put it at. Um, and Ohio State right now, I mean, if they even if they lose to Michigan, they look pretty good for a fourth seed. Yeah. Um, so if I were to guess right now, I would do Georgia, Michigan 
Florida State and Ohio State. Nice. Okay. I thought you were going to say the same thing as me. I was going to be disappointed. No. Um, I I mean, if I'm going to put predictions on the year, I think the Big 12 beats itself up, ends up with a two-loss champion. I think the Pac-12 does the same thing. Um, And you're sitting there with a one-loss Ohio State team who didn't go to the Big Ten championship, but their one loss was to the number two Michigan team and they slide back in that four seed. Yeah. And then in that scenario, it would probably be, they would not make Georgia, they would not play, they would not make Michigan play Ohio state. So they'd probably do like Michigan versus Florida state and Ohio state versus Georgia. Right. Yeah. I think they do Georgia one seed, um, Michigan, Florida state two and three, and then, uh, perfect. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh, I'm going a little different. I'm going to say all undefeated. I'm going to say Michigan, one seed undefeated. Georgia, two seed undefeated. Uh, Florida State, three seed undefeated. Washington, four seed undefeated. So we got Michigan, Washington, Georgia, Florida State. I think that'd be electric. Yeah, that'd be a fun one. Four conferences, all undefeated. I think that that would have the makings. Michael Penix Jr., Heisman winner, going up against Michigan. That'd be electric. Just don't be upset when Washington loses a couple in the next I know next couple games. And then Oregon. My I mean, my big thing, I, I hope, and I, I said it earlier, I, I and I think it's mostly based on hope. I'm hoping Oregon wins out. I, I love Dan Lanning. I yeah. I actually love this Oregon program. Um Oh, you love Georgia's old defensive coordinator who helped them win? Yeah, well, I, I mean I don't love all old Georgia coaches. Um <laughs> But Dan Lanning, I just feel like like he is an up and comer. He like I just love his motivational speeches. I love his demeanor. I love the way he talks to the the media and, and everything else about him. I, and I think that he's turned this Oregon team into like a some frou frou team that it used to be running gimmicky offense and all this stuff into like a good hard nose yeah. team. Smash that, mouth you know, that's built from the line back and, and then, you know, and, and does a really good job. So I'm rooting for them. I just, I have a f- strong feeling that we're going to be looking at two big 10 teams sitting there in the playoff again. Um, Cause I think that's partly what the media wants. I think the media wants the big 10 to win something. Especially yeah. with the expansion to the West Coast that they got this year. Oh yeah, I think it's good for college football. If there's a chance for them to take it, I mean, then they're they're going to slide Ohio State right in there in that four seed and, and make them and get give the Big Ten a two out of four chance to win this thing. Yeah, I'm tired of the. Uh, I'm sick of the Big Ten having two of the teams. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm you, sure people don't that about win? the SEC for years. Yeah, but the SEC wins. Like, if if you're the Big Ten, like, why don't you win? Why don't you win the national championship before you get your precious two out of four teams? I couldn't agree more. I, I just that really and I also like years. especially when half of your division is is trash. possibly the worst division in, in the Big Ten West. That I mean, oh, it, it uh, is easily no, the worst. There's no parity. You have like three good teams. They're all in the East. 
Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, and the rest is just hot garbage. It, I saw the Big Ten West right now. No team is averaging over twenty five points a game. They're all like tied for first, where they all have a chance to win it. Well, and yeah. no matter who, and, and I was in it, and I would just head coach. I think just retired, and, and <laughs> like they, they fired coached. his son. Mid-season. Yeah, he wasn't happy it, about the that. son. The son quit. AKA he got pushed out the door, and I'm pretty yeah. sure the coach just said, "All right, screw it, I'm out." And so, and so you got, and they're literally right there in the running in first place to win the Big Ten West. But it, it shows how little it matters. I mean, imagine South Carolina being in the discussion yes. to win the East <laughs> right now. South like, Carolina, man, probably. I mean, imagine Missouri, <laughs> Missouri sitting here right now, and they're like, "Oh, we got a Georgia game coming up. If we win this game, we." very well could win the sec east this year and make it to the sec championship but we're gonna fire Drinkwitch. like it's absolutely <laughs> insane that's funny yeah iowa's coach is uh kirk ferentz right who i think is a good coach i'd be sad to see him go yeah but he, he's older and I, I think they've been talking yeah, about him old. retiring for a while um they fired his son so he's probably bitter about that yeah i, I think he's just doesn't want to put up with all the crap. And honestly, yeah. it's good timing um, with, with the Big Ten expansion and everything else happening. Uh, if you're close to retirement right now, now's the time to get out before you have to deal with nil and TV deals and everything else. Oh, my gosh. You, you've got to stop calling NIL nils. It cracks me up. Nil. No, nah, I'm going to keep calling it nil. I love it. Nil, a.k.a. name image likeness, a.k.a. NIL. Uh, let's look at some games stuck. We got, we got an interesting SEC slate because we've got a really good SEC East game and a really good SEC West game. And in my opinion, the rest of it's just kind of whatever, right? Well, there's one. I mean, that yeah, A&M Texas A&M game. Sure, sure. Awesome. I, knew, I knew that you was know, going to be the response. Sure. Let's talk some football. Saturday, November 4th, 2023. Let's start with the noon games. We've had an interest. We've got four noon games. What a slight. Four SEC noon games. Uh, let's start with Texas AM Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss is giving three points over under at 53 and a half. Who do you like in this one? They're playing at Vaught Hemingway, Oxford, Mississippi. Who do you like here and why, Tuck? So I've gone back and forth on this one. Um, and. I think what I, I'm really boiling this down to, and it's going to be the worst reason to take a bet, but from a betting reason, I, I'm, I'm taking Texas A&M. And I, it's solely because I keep hearing Ole Miss chirping. Um, Lane Kiffin is talking. He is throwing shade left and right. And every time he goes down this road, where he starts talking crap about the other team and he gets all cocky in media days, he ends up putting his foot in his mouth. I don't know what it is, but that seems to be the theme. And I just have a feeling it's going to happen again. And so give me Texas A&M in this one. I do think, you know, this is a battle of Texas A&M's defensive front versus Ole Miss um, is uh, their passing attack and and their offense in general. Uh, I I think Texas A&M can keep pressure I think they can keep Juckins in, in check uh, from a rushing perspective and turn them into a one-dimensional team. 
and, and make it to where Jackson Dart doesn't feel comfortable. And I, I think that they can limit this Ole Miss offense uh, more than you've seen in, in recent games with Ole Miss. Yeah, I think I'm uh, – I, I have relatively similar but also totally different thoughts. Um, I I like when Lane Kiffin's talking, so right off the bat, give me Ole Miss. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying something new. I, I like Ole Miss minus three at home. I like that. Uh, I think Ole Miss is better than Texas A&M anecdotally. So like, let's, let's just stick with, let's stick with talent. Let's stick with firepower. You know, I like that Ole Miss offense, Jackson Dart at quarterback, Quinshot Junkins at running back guys like Jordan Watkins at receiver. That's a, that's a powerful group. Um, so I, I like Ole Miss there. And then I, I'm trying this new thing now that we have like some more data, I'm calling it like the South Carolina index. I didn't think <laughs> Texas A&M was that much better than South Carolina. Like we call me crazy. We we lost that game, of course, because that's what we do. We're two and six, but um, I thought we looked more physical than Texas A&M, which was interesting. I thought I thought we kind of like pushed them around a little bit, and I was shocked by that because we've been literally pushed around by everybody this season, including Furman. So. It was weird to see us like almost look like the more aggressive team against Texas A&M. So because of that, uh, I think it's I think it's an Ole Miss blowout. Give me Ole Miss by a bunch. I don't know what's going on with Texas A&M, but my eyes told me something was wrong when I was watching South Carolina play them. Just didn't something didn't seem right to me, Tuck. So let's see if I'm right or wrong. Let's see if they, right. get, if they get blown out, the South Carolina index thing might be legit. So give me Ole Miss. I will say your reasoning was better than mine. <laughs> like, both of our, your reasoning, Lane Kiffin talks too much. My reasoning, this one team looked bad against South Carolina this one time. <laughs> That's the expert analysis. Uh, we're going to knock out the next two of these pretty quickly. UConn at Tennessee <laughs> in Neyland Stadium, Knoxville, Tennessee. Tennessee's giving 36 points. That's so many points. UConn is so bad. Um, UConn is one of the statistically one of the worst teams in college football. Out of the 133 teams, I think they're in like the 120-ish range, 125 range. So they're horrifically bad. But uh, So this is going to be a, a Tennessee game where Tennessee is going to score a lot of points and win by a lot of points. 36 is just so many points. I'm not going to touch it, but this will be a fun game for our friends like David, the big orange Terea and other Tennessee fans to uh, just watch that hypo offense run, 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 and then get to see some of those freshmen. So uh, Tennessee blowout here, Tuck, any thoughts there? Nah, I mean, sounds like a fun day to be hanging yeah. around Knoxville at 53 degrees and sunny fall, crispy weather watching your team just beat the crap out of another team then head to the bars and watch the real games. You know, Love that it. sounds like a perfect game day Saturday for a college football fan. That does sound like a good day. And listener, these are the, the UConn's one of those teams that's division one, but Tuck calls them a division two team. As an insult, <laughs> I, will, no I won't call UConn division, division two, two team. Cause of they, they're at least really good at basketball. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Reading your mind tonight. They've got the basketball talent in, in, Great at women's basketball. Shout out women's basketball. That's right. 
Um, Jacksonville State, South Carolina. I think this matchup is so funny. Jacksonville State is also the Gamecocks. So Gamecocks versus Gamecocks listeners in williams Bryce Stadium, Columbia, South Carolina. South Carolina giving 15 and a half. Uh, I'm taking Jacksonville State plus 15 and a half here. Jacksonville State is seven and two, and this is a pretty darn good football team. I think this is an absolute slugfest dogfight. South Carolina has significant injuries in, in the offensive line and at wide receiver. South Carolina statistically is one of the worst defensive teams in college football. I think we were 115th out of 133 in deficient defensive efficiency numbers that I looked at last week out of Vegas. So this is a statistically a really bad South Carolina team going against a pretty good Jacksonville State team. We'll have more talent, but Jacksonville State's coach is, uh, you remember Rich Rodriguez, who's coached like everywhere, coached at Michigan yeah. for a little bit, Rich Rod? He's their head coach now, so like good oh. good coach, pretty good program. Going to come into Willie B and try to beat up on South Carolina. I think this is a close game. I think South Carolina wins a close one. I really hope we win at least, but um, I think this is going to be a bit of a a bit of a dogfight or a bit of a cockfight, I should say, since they're both. Well, if, if they're used to hearing that <laughs> or whatever oh, the boy. fuck they do at every first down or, or whatever y'all did, then, you know, they're one step above every SEC team. Because I, I will say the first time I hear that, every time I go into Williams Bryce, I want to jump off the back of the damn stadium. Yeah, um, you've, got, you've got PTSD from 2012. <laughs> So I'm, I'm not I'm not touching this game, but I like it. I like I'm it. The fact that it's the Gamecocks versus the Gamecocks. I like it. Gamecocks versus Gamecocks. Love it. Uh, the last noon game, Arkansas, Florida. That's probably the the second best quote unquote noon game um, in Gainesville, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Florida giving four and a half. I I think this one's easy for me. I'm taking Florida, giving the points at home. I think Florida's fine. I don't think Arkansas is very good. I think Sam Pittman sort of lost control of this of this team and this in this locker room. I, I know it's hard to say because they they keep losing close games, but I, I like Florida to take care of business at home. Florida's a, a good team at home. They're not as good on the road. So give me the Gators here, Tuck. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, they got them at home. Uh if we were talking on the road, we'd be talking one thing, but I think this yeah. Might be a knee-jerk reaction to Florida getting manhandled by Georgia last week. Um, but I, I think Florida's kind of solidified themselves as kind of middle to middle of the lower pack of the SEC in Arkansas. They seem to have given up. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm taking Florida in this one as well. Game of the century last week, Duck. Mississippi State defeats Arkansas 7-3. to three. Yeah. Well, Game I, of the I century. Wanted- Honestly, looking at this over-under at 50-and-a-half, I kind of want to take the under, too. Uh, I'm just scared Graham Mertz and crew might tear up Arkansas for the fun of it just to get their offense back on track. I do like that, Tuck. Under 50-and-a-half seems juicy. I mean, especially when the the combined against Mississippi State last week was 10. That's well under (laughs) 50-and-a-half. That is. That's a juicy little nugget. And, and I trust Florida's defense more than Mississippi State. So I, I don't see Arkansas. I, yeah, go ahead and give me go ahead and give me Florida minus four and a half and under 50 and a half. And now time for a quick commercial break. This podcast is actually sponsored by The Cottage Shop, the premier wedding shop in Savannah, Georgia, and your one-stop shop for wedding registry, fine china, calligraphy, and custom invitation design. The Cottage Shop, where weddings happen. 
All right, Tuck, your time to shine. Missouri versus Georgia, Sanford Stadium, Athens, Georgia, 7-1 and one Missouri, ranked number 12. Come into play, 8-0 Georgia. This is probably the – let's call let's call this out, right? This is the SEC East Championship game right here. It seems this like it, it at this stage. Um, you know, I – I don't, I don't see Georgia slip. I mean, well, we got on this too. So it, it's going to be a tough. I mean, look, th- this is turned into. I, I, I think this has turned into the Tennessee game for Georgia. What we thought the Tennessee game was going to be at the beginning of the year, uh, but at the end of the day, I think our streaks are their weaknesses. Um, I think our secondary being as good as they are. I think look, Luther Burns going to get his. Uh, it, it's we're not going to completely shut him down or anything like that, but we can limit him enough. Uh, and I think Missouri has to have everything clicking to beat this Georgia team right now. Cause at the end of the day, Georgia's offense seems to be looking like the best part of this team, especially their passing offense. And Missouri's secondary seems to be the most suspect part of their team. Um, so I, I see this being a high-scoring agenda. I I think that Missouri does score some on Georgia because I, I don't think this is quite the elite-level defense that Georgia has had in the past couple years. Uh, they are giving up holes, and, and their red zone defense right now has been pretty abysmal um, despite not really letting too many teams get to the red zone as much as you would think. But when they do get there, they seem to always score touchdowns. Uh, so I'm not going to take the spread here, but I do want to take over 55 and a half. I think that this ends up being a little bit of a shootout. Uh, what I'm hoping happens is Georgia kind of pulls away and Georgia's defense makes those uh, adjustments that they've made in, in games past and they start to slow down Missouri. Uh, my guess is they kind of come out quickly and and it's Georgia has not been a first quarter team on offense or defense it seems like this entire year and so my guess is it it comes out as a close game and then Georgia slowly pulls away towards the end of it I like it Tuck you're uh you're our resident Georgia expert so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dive too much into this I'm gonna take this one at a high level I I like Georgia winning this football game but I like Missouri covering 15 and a half I'm gonna take Missouri plus 15 and a half uh I think I think this is gonna be a high scoring affair I think Georgia's gonna move the ball I think Missouri is gonna move the ball I mean Brady Cook's been awesome Cody Schrader's been awesome Luther Burden the third's been awesome uh, I've I've had the pleasure of uh, managing and leading a lot of uh, Gen Zers for my job, and uh, I love Gen Z. So shout out Gen Z. I, I think Luther Burden's <laughs> gonna tuck Luther Burden's gonna eat, as the kids are saying, and he's gonna leave no crumbs, as they also say. Ooh. So I think I think this is a big game by LB three. I think Georgia takes care of business. It's gonna be the LB three versus the lad man himself so those two are gonna those two are gonna feast and uh it's gonna this is gonna be a fun game georgia georgia wins in a in a dramatic one tuck i think georgia wins this one late yeah i mean if, if georgia didn't show me last week what they showed me where that carson beck has that ability to 
diversify his portfolio. I mean, it felt like every time he threw the ball, a new wide receiver was catching it. Um, and, and then Dominic Lovett and, and Lad McConkey were kind of his go-to targets as far as the most consistency. But he he had no fear giving anyone a shot to catch that ball. And, and so I, I think that Georgia really tears up the secondary. I think, like I said, I, it's going to be a lot of points scored in this one. But I still don't see, you know, I, I don't see Missouri scoring more than 24, best case scenario, 28. Uh, and I do think Georgia scores 35 to 42. I like it. Yeah. Talk about a talk about a glow up for Missouri this year. They've been doing it. They have been. They've been doing it. Shout out, shout out Missouri Tigers. Uh, that's gonna be a good game. I'm really looking forward to watching that game. And listeners, Tuck might even actually be at that game. So potentially look for some Instagram content if he uh, ends up making a trip. Very exciting. That's true. I, I will be in Athens, Georgia. Um I may be at the game. That's the thing. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going up 50/50. there. With my wife, who's a Tennessee fan, and two people that are Alabama fans. Shout out Ryan and Kitty. But uh, so I, I don't think they have as much enthusiasm as, as ponying up a bunch of money for this game because it's an expensive ticket. Uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. So hopefully, we can stumble into some and end up in this game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You could always get some around the stadium, find a deal with a scalper. That's all. Any experience? I, like <laughs> I don't know if I do scalpers anymore with all the scams that I always hear about. It's uh, a good point. It's good. Everything's electronic too, which makes it even more challenging. Exactly. Uh, 4 p.m. Auburn Vanderbilt. <laughs> this game really excites me. So this is this is in Nashville, Tennessee, Van at Vandy Stadium. Uh, Auburn giving 12 and a half over under 50 points on the dollar. Uh, this is these are two completely different teams. Uh, Auburn is going to run the ball well against Vanderbilt. Auburn is going to play good defense. Auburn is going to control the time of possession. Um, Auburn cannot throw the ball. Vanderbilt cannot do any of the things I just mentioned that Auburn's going to do, but Vanderbilt can throw the ball and has a plethora of of good receivers. So I'm. I'm intrigued by this game because I think Auburn's going to be much more physical and a better football team. But I do think Vanderbilt's going to have some success moving the ball vertically through their passing game. So once again, Tuck, anchor down. Give me Vanderbilt in the points. I like Vandy at home with 12 and a half points here. Damn, this is an exciting week. I think, you know, I, I feel like most of our listeners and some of my friends always give me crap because – they say that we're always too much in cahoots, but but maybe Not you know week, taking man. a couple of weeks off and making these picks, we're we're on we're on opposite sides of these things. But I, yeah. I'm taking Auburn. I think that they're kind of heating up at the right time. Peyton Thorne won his like I, I forgot what the award was, but it's something like you know top three QBR last week or something. Um. And I think these guys, you know, I, I'm still sticking with my crazy out there um, pick at the end of the season where I think Auburn's going to upset Alabama. Um, and they don't do that if they end up losing to 
or to Vanderbilt in this game. So I yeah. think that Auburn kind of takes that next step. They take care of Vanderbilt like most teams do in the SEC. And uh, we're looking at a, a hot Auburn team going into the end of the season. You're right. They took care of business last week against Mississippi State. I just uh, – I got a good feeling about my Commodores. I don't think they win what the record stayed. I think they lose. <laughs> but I think they lose by less than 12 points. So that'll be exciting. Uh, and then we've got two night games. We're going to we're gonna hit the first one because it's going to be a snooze fest. And then uh, we'll finish with uh, the dessert, the creme de la creme of LSU Alabama. Uh, so the 730 SEC Network game is Kentucky versus Mississippi State, Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville, Mississippi. Kentucky giving four and a half, over under 45 and a half. I knew this was going to be a low one. Um, who are you taking here, Tuck? Kentucky or Mississippi State? Um, I'm going to take Kentucky here. I still think Kentucky is a good tier above Mississippi State. I, I think Mississippi State is – Looked better, and I, I, you can't even say they looked good the past couple weeks. I, just because they beat Arkansas, I feel like we're talking differently about them. But they're still a really bad football team, uh, and I think Kentucky is a very decent football team. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to take Kentucky here. Um, I want to take over 45 and a half too. I just think that's a crazy low number, but I'm kind of scared Mississippi State just might not score. I I, I don't know what's going on with their offense, um, but I, I have zero trust in it. And, and so I, I think I think Kentucky honestly can easily put up 28 points against this Mississippi State defense. Yeah, Tuck, your friends are going to be happy. Uh, Kentucky's, Kentucky minus four and a half is my hashtag lock of the week. Um it almost seems too good to be true. Yeah, kind of scares Will, me. Will Rogers is out. Fun fact: he's not going to play. The, the, well, they're saying he might play, so I think the line will move once they officially say he's out. He hurt his shoulder a couple weeks ago and has not been playing. The I was looking at some of the Mississippi State message boards for some juicy little nuggets for the pod, and uh, it seems like it's going to be Mike Wright. If you remember him, he was the transfer from Vanderbilt. Dual threat likes to run. Uh, not very good at passing, would fit would fit in at Auburn. Would be a great fit. Um, maybe I, that maybe that's why the line is where it is. There's more trust in him. Maybe I just I don't trust him in any way, shape, or form. I don't think he's very good. Uh, I like Kentucky winning this one comfortably. I like what Mark Stoops has done with Kentucky. Kentucky's going to be more physical. Ray Davis is going to feast running the ball. Uh, they're going to be able to move the ball downfield vertically. Kentucky's on a bit of a slide. They've lost three in a row. That being said, you know, Georgia, obviously you're going to lose. Missouri beat up on them a little bit. And then uh, I, I liked what I saw with Kentucky against Tennessee. I thought they they kept that game close. They looked pretty good. They looked pretty physical. So I think I think this is a no-brainer cover for Kentucky. Even Yeah, and that's – I mean, that's what Mark Stoops and Kentucky do. They, they cover oh, yeah. games they're supposed they to cover. cover. They win games they're supposed to win. But then they lose games they're supposed to lose, <laughs> and so yeah. that that's not they're they're just doing exactly what they're supposed to do this year. Uh, they're staying right there in the middle of the SEC. They're beating the teams they're supposed to beat, and they're losing the teams they're supposed to lose to. 
I mean, Tuck, you nailed it. Like when people talk about Mark Stoops, the old saying, the the saying they always say at Kentucky is good good teams win, Mark Stoops covers. That's right. I think that's funny. My Kentucky friends will always say that. He's he's not afraid to cover the spread. Love that about him. All right, folks. The moment you've all been waiting for the LSU Tigers versus the Alabama Crimson Tide at Bryant Denny in Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Hashtag T Town, hashtag Title Town, Alabama giving three points over under 62. This is absolutely stone cold SEC game of the week for the SEC West, while, of course, Georgia Missouri's game of the week for the East. So, Tuck, West battle. Walk me through it. I mean, this is just, uh, this is going to be such a fun game to watch. Battle, I mean, we're talking. Battle of opposites. I love it. Yes. I mean, we're talking about possibly the most electric offense in the country. I I, I think definitely the most electric offense in the country right now in LSU. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, oh, they are yeah. clicking on all cylinders from a rushing attack to a passing attack. Jane Daniels, if he wins this game, is front runner of the Heisman vote. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, and then Alabama's defense has just been staunch all year. Now, they've been really, really good, but they haven't been like that next level elite where they've completely shut down everyone. I mean, Alabama has played close games against almost everybody that they've played. But they seem to be just getting right at the right time. I think this team has gotten better as the weeks have gone on. I think they have slowly, like I said, I mean, shoot, two weeks ago, they barely eked it out against Arkansas. And then the week before that, they barely eked it out against A&M. Like, I just... Don't I, I think this team's getting better. And at the end of the day, I just have this gut feeling that Alabama's gonna cover this one again. Um I don't really have a great explanation as to why, other than I, I trust defense more than offense. I trust home field advantage over having to travel. I trust Nick Saban over Brian Kelly in a big game. Um I don't think Nick Saban loses these kind of games twice. I think that they're going to take care of business and we're going to be talking about them as front runners in the West again, as soon as this game's over. Tuck, it's like you had the script in front of me. You you just stole it from me. It's a, it's a great offense, LSU, great offense, bad defense going against Alabama, great defense, bad offense. I mean, this is I I'm with you. I cannot wait to watch this game. I'm I'm so much more excited to watch this than probably any South Carolina game this season, as bad as that <laughs> sounds. Um because you're right. I mean, if if Jaden Daniels has a big game and LSU wins, he shoots to the front of the Heisman list, which is awesome for the SEC. That'll be a lot of fun. We'll be able to talk about that. We can do a Heisman specific episode on the pod. But you know we we've got some of our uh, we got some of our buddies our Alabama buddies they're going to be at that game shout out uh, Rallo Christie Jack the Doctor Davis who's been on the pod I think those guys are just going to will this Alabama Crimson Tide team to a win those three maniacs are going to be down there having a ball um, 
I, I like Alabama at home for all the reasons you mentioned. I I still like defense. I know we're the SEC and college football is in the midst of this like offense is more important transformation. We're all seeing it. It's fairly obvious. Um, but I still like defense. I still trust defense. And I'll tell you who I who I trust, Tuck, and that's Nick Saban. And I'll tell you who I like don't necessarily trust. That's Brian Kelly. So give me the guy I trust. Once again, as the Gen Zers would say, give me the goat, Nick Saban. Give me Alabama's defense, figuring it out. Alabama's offense is fun because they just run, 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 deep, deep throw. Run, 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 deep throw. It's fascinating. There's no yeah, like, not, intermediate well, I don't think they're hit game. on a lot. Agreed. So Agreed. I think they're going to hit on the deep throws. Go ahead. I think it's I. I also I, I think a lot of the media that, that I, I've been hearing talk about this game, they're saying, you know, if you're picking Alabama, you're expecting a low scoring knockdown drag out. If you're picking LSU, you're picking a, a shootout. A shootout. Yeah. I'm kind of picking Alabama in a shootout. Love which it. I know sounds wild, but. I don't trust this LSU defense to stop anyone, even Alabama, even though I don't think that their offense is electric. But I do think that they can hit that over-the-top ball, and I I don't think LSU can stop it. Um, I also think that what's – I do think the defense is what's going to come up as the storyline at the end of the game because I think Alabama's defense is going to make enough stops. Someone will get a stop. Yeah. Why, yeah. It's going to be one of those games where you start getting into the second half and LSU's defense just completely gives up and starts banking on their offense while Alabama's defense is going to step up and actually make a few stops and their offense is still going to click and make enough plays. Um, and, and that's how I see this game going. I, similar to like the, the Georgia Ohio State game in the playoff last year. To where you're kind of in a shootout at the end, but what defense is going to step up and actually make a few stops here at the end that are really going to make a difference and and get your offense the ball at the end to where they can score and take care of business. Chuck, I'm with you. At the end of the day, I think like Alabama's defense is going to have a better chance stopping LSU's offense than LSU's defense will have a chance stopping Alabama's offense. Yeah, and it's the it's the defensive backs for LSU for me. Um, Alabama's going to run it. They're going to run it. They're going to get those defensive backs in the box, and then they're going to hit you deep with the deep ball. Um, we all know Milrow's a good deep ball thrower. Alabama's got some deep threats and. I think those are going to hit, and I think they're going to hit big against LSU. I think they're going to hit early and often, and uh, that Alabama defense is going to do enough to win the game, cover that three, and you know keep marching towards that inevitable matchup with Georgia in the SEC championship. Yeah, and one other little tidbit I see in this game from just a matchup situation is I see um, – oh, God, I had his name right on the tip of my tongue and – the bourbon hit me. Um, what Harold team? Perkins. Harold, Harold Perkins. Perkins. Okay, yeah. So, I, best defense player on LSU. Yep. He's the only one that can keep up with Jalen Melrose, uh, as far as a speed perspective. And I think sure. what LSU needs on that defense to be successful is him pinning his ears back and going after the quarterback. And I don't think he's able to do that in this game because I think they have to use him as a spy against Jalen Melrose. And so if he's sitting there spying, then he can't 
get they also can't get pressure and they can't leave their D-backs on an island because then he's just going to launch it over the top of them and Jermaine Burton's going to have a field day. So I just think I think it's kind of a matchup nightmare for this defense uh, for LSU. I don't think they have the ability to go up against a dual-threat quarterback. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I mean, Harold Perkins is a stud preseason. We're talking about him as one of the best defensive players in the SEC. He's had a little bit of a down year in terms of pressure, and you're right. I think it's because they're using him more as a spy and not letting him sort of blitz the quarterback, which is where he thrives. So, Yeah, they just got to uh, use him in so many different spots because he, he's the only dynamic piece they got on that defense from the looks of it. And this almost feels a little bit like that Florida-Tennessee game earlier in the season where it's like Florida's game script just like works out perfectly against Tennessee's game right. script. That's kind of how I feel about this Alabama LSU game. I kind of like see Alabama's it too. game script just like fits in so nicely against LSU's game script. So give us Bama. We like Bama. Shout out Ryan Pross. Give us Alabama. Well, Tuck, I think that's it. I think that's a good slate. Um, have fun in Athens. If you go to the game, take some pictures, take some videos, put them on the Instagram. And we'll uh, we'll reconvene next week for another episode. I'll be posting regardless. So we'll have a we'll be having a good time no matter what, whether I'm in a bar in Athens or in the stadium in Athens. I, I'll be feeling the energy. Love it. Win win. That's awesome. All right, listeners. That's another episode of Big SEC Guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Big SEC Guys. We are now on Apple Podcast and Spotify Podcast. Please follow, like, subscribe, and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show.